Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift. This is the preview for the first monument of the year, Milano San Remo, here with Benji, as always, for what I think is one of the best races of the year and my favourite monument. It's a controversial opinion, of course, uh, but we're going to get into the the route, the favourites, the outsiders, how we think the race will play out we have a decimated peloton right now with sickness, etc. Um, and we'll try to keep you updated. So there might be late additions, removals. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Maybe things change, but we will do our best. By the way, on Saturday, we have the LRCP Zwift group ride scheduled for 1 p.m. UK time, 2 p.m. European time for Australians and Kiwis. That's more palatable than before. Join me and Benji for an hour's social spin before La Classicissima hits the Chipressa and things get spicy in the finale. Much like the first 230Ks of MSR, it'll be a social ride at a social pace. <laughs> and that's why we've scheduled it at that time. Uh, so we'll follow the example of all the World Tour teams and just be keeping it pretty chill. It'll be a conversational ride, talking about what's happening in the race. Make sure to join the Lantern Rouge Zwift Discord server before you uh, start the ride to hear me and Benji's thoughts live during the race and the season to date. So thanks to Zwift as always for presenting the podcast. The group ride's been fun and I can't wait for the one during Milano San Remo this Saturday. But the profile, 293 Ks, the Paso del Torcino in the first 140, nothing will happen. Then it's rolling along the coast, and then they do the Capo climbs, Capo Melo, Capo Cervo, Capo Berta. Again, nothing will likely happen. With 30 Ks or so left, they do the Cipressa. Now, the Cipressa is sort of where you want to start watching the race. It's... Uh, it's not that steep, 5.6Ks, 4.1% descent, then 10Ks to San uh, Poggio. The Poggio is where it usually kicks off. 3.6Ks at 3.8% with a little 6% kick at the end, and then a descent into the Via Roma, uh, about 6Ks. So I like the route, Benji. Would you change anything? They don't change it. I don't mind the route at all. I like the route. I think that it's good that there's this set place in the race that you know that the race can start kicking off. Some people try to attack on the Cipressa in some years, but that's not really the the all-out goal of many riders because they know that uh, that's not going anywhere lots of the times. And then the Poggio is the moment where most of the eyes are looking at Sanremo where stuff can happen. And that's intriguing because it's such a well-settled way that this parkour is done. It's had different parkours in the past, but we know for years now it's Cipressa plus Poggio at the end. And because of that, it's a very difficult race to win. And I want to mention a quote that Pogaccia said. Pogaccia said, Milano Sanremo is the hardest race to win. He said that during the last week. Why is that? It's because the group is so large coming into the Poggio. It's because the Poggio isn't very steep. It's because you can't predict how the group dynamic will play out. What if Sturvan wasn't there last year? Then maybe it's just a sprint. What if SKA 
doesn't bridge across, pull for second, maybe Ewan wins. And that's the difference. It's not like a high mountain stage where the guy with the best legs is going to win. Positioning matters. And that's why I love it because they keep the same route. You can compare from years and decades back how they race it. And Peter Sagan, Benji, like do you think in a race like this being the favourite's almost a huge disadvantage? I think so. I think it's definitely a disadvantage. You've got so many different types of riders that can do well here. And it also matters whether you're going to be marked or not. Because first of all, on the podium itself, there's some riders that will choose to go for the attack. There's some favorites that are more suitable to the attack on the Poggio than the sprint at the end, for example. So people know where a certain rider can make their move in this race. There's a few riders that are versatile in every area. So people, your competitors, they know at what point you can be attacking, at what point you can be trying something. We know that a rider like Pogacar has a skill to try and get away on the Poggio. We know that Oud Fanad has a bit of a sprint, but he can also try something on the Poggio. We know that some riders like, what is it, Steven last year, he can't really get away on the Poggio, so he has to figure out a way after the top to try and do something. So the competitors know your skills and know where people can attack, and as a consequence, they can predict where a certain rider can go. But on the other hand, if a lot of riders try in the descent, one can slip away, like Steven did last year, because Alaphilippe made a move just before Steven did last year, but Pitcock basically obstructed him on the left side of the road. As a consequence, it offered an opportunity for Steven to make that move and get away last year. If Alaphilippe didn't make that move, perhaps Pitcock would have responded to Steven instead. So all these tiny details can play into this, and that's what makes a lot of people say that Milano San Remo's kind of a lottery in that sense, where you got to have some luck as well when it comes to the group dynamic. What if Ewan is in the second group and still has Schilbert there, a teammate, to work for him? That plays a role. Well, Schilbert, (laughs) come on. He has to work for Ewan. Uh, uh, Does he know that? (laughs) Yeah, he will. I think he will. He's not. He seems to be a rational person. But yeah, like last year, Sturvin Solo, he won in a similar way to Cancellara 2008, late move, fast on the just at the end of the Poggio descent. Van Aert 2020, two-up sprint with Alaphilippe. 2019, a smaller, uh, a medium-sized group sprint won by Alaphilippe. 2018, Nibli got away on the descent. Group chase behind, not that good. One, solo, Kwiatkowski, three-up sprint with Sagan and Alaphilippe in 2017. Damas sprint 2016. Denkolb and Christoph and Chilek all sprints back to 2013. So... That's why I love it, because anyone can win it. Sprinter, descender like Nibali. Nibali was never the best puncher. Yeah. He wasn't the best puncher in the world when he won. Um, He's the GOAT, though, so we, we got to recount that. Well, exactly. If you use your brain, <laughs> if you if you pick the right moment like Sturvin, you can win this race. That's why it's so hard to win. That being said, I do think waiting for a sprint, which Sagan often tried to do, Benji, is dangerous or trusting your sprint. We saw it with Van Aert um, almost in the Olympics. Like the smaller guys aren't going to want to work with you. And then it pl- applies to Ewan as well. Who wants to take Ewan to this finish? Yep. Like no one in their right mind will want to do that. That's why it's so hard to win. But, yeah, let's get into the favourites for this race. It's Van Aert. 
in on Tuesday on Bet365. He's 360. So he's shortened up. Ewan and Pagacha are both $6. So they're given about a 16% chance to win, but huge margin, obviously. Alaphilippe, fourth favorite, 15s. Cry Anderson, fifth favorite, 20. What's that? Well, I think that Crop probably has that because of the uh, final stage of Paris-Nice where he got fifth, which was kind of a surprising result. True. He's had some meme attacks throughout Paris-Nice, but perhaps it's all in preparation for races to come, including Milano, San Remo, and so forth. We know that last year he was there in that final group. Sure, he wasn't the first over the Poggio, but he came in the descent back to that group and was able to make a move once Steven had already gone and was the rider that caught up with Steven. Now... I think that even if he played it tactically better, it would have been very hard for him to win in that final last year because he'd probably have sat up and that would lead the group behind to catch up. So I think he needs a specific way to win this race. And I think it's a similar way to what Steven did last year where he needs to get away in the descent like that. Don't you think so? Yeah, he can't go to the finish. He needs to solo and hope someone joins him. But otherwise, longer shots. Pidcock at 21. Ghana is the second in the order for Ineos, 26, Colbrelli, 26, Philipson, 26, Sturvin, 29, Laporte, 34, Roglic, 34, Jakobsen, I don't know if he's going or not. About it. He's 34. That's that's way too short. <laughs> he has no shot, I don't think. Sagan, 41, Morich, 41, Damar, 41. I actually like. I think Damar's in good shape. Matthews, 51, he crashed the, uh, recently. He hasn't looked that good at Torreno. Trenton, 51, Asgren, 51. Ballerini, 51. Lecoq, 67. Nizzolo, 67. Nizzolo, Benji. It's interesting. It's always interesting to me, like, you see Laporte shorter than Nizzolo, but Laporte's yeah. probably the third in the order for his team, but Nizzolo is ahead of he's the leader probably of israel here uh what about Bergado, benji uh, 150 can he replicate it the other day i think one aspect to milano sanremo is that positioning is key in this race and yeah. the positioning at the foot of the poggio is what matters so so much so you need a strong team or a bit of luck to make yourselves have a good position at that point in the race position on the Chipresa, yeah it matters you can't be at the back of the peloton but if you're in the first half of the peloton, you probably will get over that Chipresa in the front part of that peloton without being dropped and therefore will be able to move up after the Chipresa. Once you get to the Poggio, you need that good position. Last year, Vanderpool started that Poggio in like, was it 20th position? We 25th. commented on it last year. Awful. It was not a good position. As a consequence, he had to spend so much energy on the Poggio to get to the front, which led to him not able to attack on the Poggio itself. He had spent the energy chasing. And then we look at the other people in that group last year and we saw that Caleb Yoon was taking this on very differently where he started off with almost a perfect position at the start of the Poggio like he was in the wheel of Ghana I think yeah. or Van Balen in, in Ghana and Van Balen he was eating zero wind yeah and the fact that draft matters on a, a climb like the Poggio shallow grade and 3.7 I think is the average of that yeah. climb yes the, the last part is pretty steep but if you can benefit of that draft average 38 part, yeah well uh that's pretty fast. <laughs> That's me on a flat section. <laughs> hey, if I Probably ever sat on a flat section, I'll be pretty yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah, draft and positioning matters. And speaking of wind, uh, I've looked at the forecast ahead of time. Apparently, there might be tailwind on the coast coming into the base of Poggio. That will be fast. 
after Chipressa, a little bit of crosswind just in the last bit before they turn right. And I think it's largely crosswind from their right on the Poggio, but it could change. I don't think it's crosstail or tailwind, which suits the attackers. But if it's headwind and you're deep, like if MVDP was doing his move last year into a headwind, he might not even got to Van Aert. So positioning matters a lot. But, yeah, we're going to talk about now the tactics of maybe it might not just be the Poggio. What will certain teams do? We want to start first with actually – UAE team Emirates, the man who just cleaned Terreno and Strada Bianche, Tade Pagaccia, and also let you know we have a new supporting sponsor, Colnago, have joined us for the San Remo preview and recap later on Saturday. If you don't know Colnago, they have a deep history with professional cycling. They've won. Milano San Remo seven different times from Merckx to Freire when he was on Rabobank in 2004 and 2007 and they make legendary bicycles that are winning and beautiful. Pagacha this weekend will be on the Colnago V3 RS that he's been on at Strada and Torano and that's won two Tour de France's and two monuments in the last two years, engineered to be the perfect all-round bicycle so we look forward to seeing what Pagacha and the UAE team can deliver on that Colnago this weekend what do you think Benji Roglic said he, he might attack before the Chipressa I don't see it that's just nonsense Pagacha you mean yeah Roglic said he might attack like with 50ks out as a joke uh, I'm not so certain about that to be honest if we look at the team that UAE has at that race then we notice that He's actually not the only rider that could get over to Pogacar, in my personal opinion. They've got multiple riders that could do well here. And while Pogacar is a name that's being shouted all around as perhaps the favorite, according to many, after the races he's won recently, I see a very specific scenario where he, where he wins. Because I've got the feeling, while he did get away from riders into Inno and so forth, the Pogacar is still a... 4% average gradient climb. It's not a 10% climb. It's not the most punchy climb out there. I don't see it that he's going to drop the competition that easily on the Poggio, as many people are saying. And when we look at the possibility of him winning, I'm more seeing it as, oh, he gets away with a few riders and beats them in the final sprint. Honestly, if he attacks on the on the Chipresa, I'm just, I don't know what, yeah, what I can it's say about possible. it. I don't <laughs> see it. There's no way. Possible. I think the game plan for Pagacha is the same as Kwiatkowski in 2017. I think he knows he has a very, very good reduced bunch sprint. I think if no one tries anything on the Poggio, he would be a little bit concerned, but someone always will attack. I think he wants to follow Alaphilippe, Pidcock, not actually eat the wind because it's not like Torreno where he's so superior. Or Strade, when Alphalibu crash is so superior to the guys in the group and there's a steep climb coming, it's difficult to get. Well, first of all, even if he does a magic performance on Poggio, I guess three, four seconds separation, can he hold it on the descent? I don't think he can. Famous last words. I think he wants a reduced bunch sprint where he gets dragged to the line, he takes his chances, and he tries and beats Pidcock, Van Aert, or Alaphilippe in that reduced group sprint after sitting on. I, it's like what he did at Liège and on yeah. Alaphilippe. 
do you see it any different? I just – do you think they light up the Poggio? I think they should pace the Chapressa, Benji. They should try and get rid of Ewan. Yeah, Ewan is one of those riders that a team like UAE should be scared of. But they also have the benefit that they've got multiple cards to play. Yes, Pogacar is the man you look at, but Matteo Trentin has been in form quite well this season. And he's a top rider that could also make a stuff and like move in the descent. Let's say that Pogacar, Trentin get in a group over the top. Yeah, if they get over the top of the Pajo together in a group with Ewan. What are you going to do? You're not going to try and go for the sprint. You're going to try and attack with either Pogacar or Trenton. And then I'd be looking at Trenton to make that move, the attack move. Because personally, despite Trenton having had a decent sprint at some parts in his career, I currently trust Pogacar's sprint a bit more. Is that wrong? Uh, Based on the Samin, I think Trenton, he beat Hofstetter and DeBont in his sprint. I don't know. I think you roll attacks with both. You you can't go to the finish with Ewan with both. Even yeah. Van Aert, if Trenton's there, Van Aert, if sorry, if Van Aert's there and Trenton's there, one of them should attack. Yulisi, uh, I think he's never done well in Milano San Remo. He can't really help. I think he should just pace Chapressa super hard, to be honest. Kovi. Kovi. Real race though, Benji. What does that matter? Do you think he can't compete in, in real races? <laughs> well, Trofeo Laguelia, uh, Iwan Murphia. I think this is different. It's different, Milano Sanremo. You you look at TJV Punch, I don't know. I think they should all ride for Trenton and Pagacha, and those guys should who don't have much chance of winning should pace really hard to make sure Ewan is. You want to isolate Van up. And then you can work Trentin and Pagacha. I think that's what they should do. Do you see Pagacha winning this race, Benji? Do you think the odds are too short? I think I think the odds are an overreaction to races which are not the same as MSR. I agree. He's definitely one of the favorites for this race. For but sure. I do want to mention that it's an overreaction in some way because even on social media, he's seen as the big favorite now, which I don't agree with. Yeah, that's true. And I'm starting to notice that the riders that are mostly the favorites in Milano San Remo are often the ones that are not winning because they're being marked to the bone the entire way up and the entire way down the Poggio. And that's what allows others to take opportunities from that. And examples like that are the years that Sagan was the favorite for this race, the years that Vanad was the favorite. It wasn't so easy for Vanad to win MSR either, to be honest. So, yeah, I think uh, I think being the favorite in the public eye makes it also a favorite role in the rider's eye, and therefore you'll be marked a lot. And remember Liège. He wasn't he wasn't the same hype coming into it last year and Liège twenty twenty. Yeah. Same. Lombardi, the same thing. Whereas he's done the opposite here. He's flying so much. I think, yeah, like, do you put Roglic on his wheel on the Poggio? Do you, does Alaphilippe, who does Alaphilippe sit on? That's a difficult question. Yeah, I think so as well. But when it comes to UAE, we've got the idea that they've got a chance of winning. They've got multiple riders to get over the Poggio, but so do other teams, to be honest. And then we look at one of the other teams that also has one of the favorites, which is Jumbo Visma. And you just mentioned him, Roglic. What are they going to do with their team? What are they going to set up? And who are they going to see as the riders that could do something here? Because in all honesty, I currently see Van Aert as a rider that can definitely do something here. But if he gets over the Pojo alone, then I'm scared for him. Um, 
I agree. I think the the worst case scenario is what happened last year. Worst case, where he's in a group with Ewan, yeah, and there's a lot of rulers around him. You either want, I think, him in a two up sprint with Alaphilippe and Pogacar. That's still a good outcome. Yeah. If you go to the base of the Poggio descent with a group of 15 and more coming back and you don't know where the sprinters are, you don't know if Ewan's there coming back, that's a very, very difficult situation to manage and they're all going to look at him like they did last year and MVP didn't help him last year. What do you think they paced the Chapressa last year? I've been thinking about it. I think they should keep the whole team together make sure their front position for the base of the Poggio just light up the flat with Nathan or whatever or whoever, Afini, and then just make sure they're front on Poggio and use Primoz either to mark people or maybe to put you in under pressure. He said he's going to work as a domestique for WoW in the press. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't like presetting the strategy as, oh, we've got one leader and we're going to completely have... Roglic as a domestique, that sounds the same as the Belgian strategies of the world champs, and it gives yeah. me the shivers. But <laughs> when it comes to this team, we know that Benoit is not there. He said it in a Belgian podcast. Mike Dennison is not here. I saw it on Willerflitz, I think, this morning. And with those riders being absent, that's a bit of a loss for the team. I think Dennison hasn't been outrageous this season yet, but Benoit is one that I do feel like they are missing something with in this team. And... I think that looking at the squad, Vinat, Roglic, Laporte, those three other riders that could potentially get over the Poggio near the front of the race. I think Laporte is likely a domestique in my personal eyes on this Poggio. But when it comes to Roglic, I think he should be uh, not necessarily seen as a full domestique. I think there's opportunities there. Like, whoever the competition will be expecting something from Roglic when they have Vinat. I think, yeah, you you got to get rid of Ewan. Okay, we're all scared of Pogaccia. That's fine. If you go to the finish with Ewan, you're in big fucking trouble. So <laughs> that's that's number one. Ewan, Damar type guys, I think first priority, they need to be gone. And whether yeah. that's – we saw last year they set Poggio record, steady pace, ste- just Ghana, steady pace, Ewan in good position. That's the – I'm not sure if that's Ghana's correct sound effect. I think Roglic surging, whether that's attacking or whatever, with Jumbo controlling the front on the Poggio, and then Ewan having to actually respond himself is more how to play it. Are you happy, Benji, if Pogac is in a group with Van Aert, Roglic, and Alaphilippe? Base of Poggio, what do you do? In whose perspective? In Jumbo's perspective? Yep. I'm happy if we're at the top with four riders. Sorry, the descent, the descent, so bottom of the Poggio descent. Oh, bottom of the budget with four riders. Yeah, I'm happy with those yep. four. I, I'm i not sure what to do yet, though. I think that at that point in the race, you've got Alaphilippe, you've got Pogacar. I think I dare to still go for the sprint with Van Aert at that point because 100%. like people might say, oh, Roglic should try and attack from that group and try and see if do a reverse lead out, but probably there's going to be a peloton behind you, so I don't think you want to risk that at that point in the race. So I think going to the sprint is the thing there, and if a sprint is not good enough, then a sprint is not good enough, as simple as that. We've seen a sprint being decent this week, but it hasn't been outrageous against Peterson either in Paris. so that's... Uh... But where would Pogacar and Alphalete come in those sprints? You know, against Jakobsen, against Peterson. Like, Van Aert still came second and third. Yeah, that's true. It's different in a small group. 
yeah, it's very different in my personal opinion. And like, first of all, as the positioning is different, they're much easier in second or third wheel because well, let's be honest, there's only four riders in the group. Yeah. But when, when it comes next to that, they can benefit of that draft. Fanat is not really the acceleration sprinter, so he needs a longer sprint and people will try and benefit from that. So he needs a fast pace, so Roglic would actually have to hammer it to make sure the pace is already hard so that Fanat can then do a sprint at a high speed and not necessarily from a slower speed in that group, you know? I think without MVDP here, they have a really, really big chance. MVDP marked Wout out of the race last year. He marked him out of Gen Wevelhem 2020. I think they take front position base of Poggio. They set a steady pace. They wait for Pagacha or Alaphilippe or Pidcock. They will attack on the steepest section. One of them, you respond. And I still think Benji, we saw it on loop. If Wout's on his own... If there's no Primoz, which you have to account for, look at how Cancellara won in 2008. Look at how Sagan has never won this race yeah. when he's been the heavy favorite. If Wout is in the base of the Poggio descent, like last year with the group, he's going to get attacked or they're going to sit on him and it's just a bad outcome. Omloop, TT away, hot take from me. If you're the first rider soloed across the line, you win 100% of the time. Easier said true. than done. But yeah, I think they just need to account for that because people are still scared of his sprint. But yeah, that's. Do you see Roglic winning this race? He is short in the market. I think there's a possibility for that, and I think that Yumbo should probably use that in some shape or form. But I'm I've not realized where yet. I think if you come to a situation like you mentioned, where you're in a group in the descent of the Poggio with Roglic and Vanard and Ewan, then you need to get, try and get away with someone, and Roglic is a rider that can't get away. I think. I don't think uh, Fanat will not be marked at that point in the race. So I think Roglic has more of an opportunity there. But the question is, has he already spent his energy on the Poggio itself? We don't know that in that scenario. So I don't know. I think that Roglic winning is a scenario where he benefits of the marking of Wout Fanat. I agree. And people don't want to pull with Wout in their wheel, which is a good situation. Third favorite or joint second favorite rather. Caleb Ewan on Lotto Sudal. He's come second in this race twice. The whole team is here for him. They will, none of them probably will make it over the Poggio, except maybe Gilbert in G2 or 3. Their whole team is a sprint lead out for him into the base of the Poggio in good position. And then he has to freelance like he did last year. Last year, he incredibly smart on the climb the way he did it, slid back. So it's all about him being first five wheels into Poggio. I, I I don't see it, Benji, because no one wants Ooh. to go to the finish with him. While that is true, I think, yeah, I think it's very difficult for Caleb Ewan to win a race like this and it needs to fold in perfectly by other riders doing stuff for him because the only scenario where I see this possible if he has a companion in his squad that also gets over the Pajo with him that can actually pace the second group when someone attacks and so forth. Exactly. And... The team that they have, yeah, they've got Evan Meers, Van Hills, Kluge, Sweeney, Frison, Angel Bear actually confirmed for this race now. Wellens is not there, like a rider I would see potentially making the uh, front group and therefore being able to pace for this man. Gilbert, I think his days are kind of past in that sense. And I. Sweeney well, could. We don't uh, know. It's unlikely. No, it's unlikely. Yeah. But he sit there five. There, he did the best five minute test of Lotto in 
their training camp because I actually did the climb when I was in Xavier, the Granadeja climb, beautiful climb. Yep. Uh, five best five-minute test, 23 years old. Maybe he can stay in G2 and pace. But the problem is by the time he comes back, Nibali tw- is gone <laughs> or like the, the attack is gone yeah, and, yeah. and it's too late. Um, he needs another sprint it. team who wants a sprint yep. like Quickstep, but Quickstep don't want a sprint. I agree in that. It's very difficult, the scenario, to see uh, Caleb Ewan win, although I do still consider him one of the favorites because Milano Sanremo is the kind of race where everything falls together based on group dynamics. And if a lot of people try to attack in the descent, then they try and counter each other, and therefore the group comes back together because people keep countering each other, then that benefits Ewan. But last year we saw that when people went, the other people looked at Caleb Ewan because he's the rider that's sitting there in that second group with the best sprint, then the question you're asking yourself then, if Wout and Ewan are in that second group again, like last year, shouldn't Wout try to attack and counter in the yep. same way Søren Kra did? Yep. I think so. I think Ewan is, is, I don't know, he's not been winning that much this season, but this is his big target. And he's so fast and Wout's sprint doesn't actually look as good as his Tour de France sprint last year either. So where he still lost to yeah. uh, to Caleb behind Sturvin. Ineos, Hater, Kuchio, Fiatkovsky, Pidcock, Viviani, Ganna. I think Ganna's going to get a free reign this year, unlike last yeah. year. You reckon? I've, uh, I've heard quite some uh, disturbances that were saying that Mr. Gana would get a uh, freer role this time around. And that makes it interesting because he was the man that got the team to the front before the Poggio. And if he is not the man doing that, then I think Quiot takes up that role this time around because can Pucho do that? That's the big question. And the thing with Gana is, uh, he's the kind of Italian that might actually generally try to attack on the Chipresa. <laughs> but He's been riding very well this season so far. His climbing was solid and was was at Provence, I think, in that uphill sprint to Manosque, uh, the third stage, the one that Kokar won ahead of Alaphilippe and Ghana. And UAE. What if he actually, genuinely, tries to powerhouse the entire Pajo for himself this time around? No, 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 no. He no? should be protected rider and he should try solo like Sturban. Yeah. He can win that way. That's how no. he should play it. But who's going to pace? Who's going to even put them into good position? It's not going yeah. to be Hater. Hater's here. This this race, right, 2021, we would have been like, Hater, perfect race yeah. for him. He's going to enter Poggio 100th wheel at best. <laughs> no, seriously. And you can't win yeah. from there. It's not possible. So, yeah. yeah. I think Ganner's their best chance because Pidcock, who knows how he'll race, but... I disagree. I think Ganner... I think Gano's a, a big chance. I agree with that. But I think Pitcock is still the rider that I see the biggest chance here. He's still seen as a bit of an underdog in the list there. And he's got that sprint. We know that from, what was it, Omlop last year or Kurna, where he got a top five? I think it was Omlop or something, but I'm not 100% certain. Um, and we know that he's got that kick on the Pajo as well. We know that if people go on the Pajo, he's likely going to be in the top five riders there, in my personal opinion. So he can win from those two scenarios what he can't do is try like last year to drop people in the descent because the people he's up against can descend as well yeah i think maybe if he plays it smarter don't attack in front of van art on the descent 
like last year, I don't think that's very uh, effective. But they're the main favourites, really. Oh, no, disrespect to Philippe. Is he the pog of Lombardia last year, Benji, fooling us with middling results in his warm-up races? We know that he's he a big race rider. I think he's, I think he's faking it. I think he's a sandbagger, a bloody sandbagger. <laughs> last year before the World Championships, everybody was like, oh, Alaphilippe hasn't looked that good recently. Uh, and on the World Championships, he just smashed everybody on the last second. So, come on. I don't believe it anymore. I see every big race that Alaphilippe starts at, him as one of the uh, favorites for that race. Nonetheless, I do think that LVL is a big target in the initial part of the season. I do think that he's going to be in the top five riders crossing the top of the Poggio. And let's be honest, if Alaphilippe is in that position, then he can compete for the victory here. But I don't think he's going to get away on the Poggio. No, and you'd have to say last year, I'd say, okay, he's not always flying in his warm-ups. He's second at Strata. I know he crashed this year. He won stage two ahead of MVDP and Van Aert. Incredible win in Torino last year. Now, maybe Torino this year, after the Strata crash, they went purely for training. But you have to say, Benji, the stage Pagaccia won, the 1-2 Belante, he was awful. And... He would have been – I don't see any reason why he would be like, yeah. I'm not going to try here. Yeah. And that's last week. So yeah. I do think his shape, there are reasons to think it's a bit off. What about Ballerini? I think you still have to go for Art Jalla because Ballerini's looked awful. Yeah, when it comes to Ballerini, I think he's the kind of rider that can be in that second group trying to come back and just come short by 10 seconds at the end. But I don't see him getting over the Poggio in the uh, elite group, that's for certain. And when it comes to the rest of the squad, Asgren, last year he was setting up the team just before the Cipressa already started. So I don't see Asgren being a candidate to win this race. But then again, he's had good climbing performance in the past. He was decent at Strade. Is there a situation where he can be that Ganna or Steven attack that to try and get away in the descent? Or it's worth at least trying. the flatter parts? Yeah. It's worth trying. But I think Quickstep are looking... I don't. We we don't have their full start list. I think even if they bring Fabio Jakobsen, speaking for both of us here, yeah. I don't. I don't see it. Um, Lampard is out, so uh, he? he said that on a Belgian podcast uh, as well. And honestly, uh, I think uh, I don't think he was going to play a big role anyway. Is it harsh to say? Maybe in positioning the guys before the yeah. Poggio is possible. Uh, but they're all the favourites, apart from SKA, who Benji and I do not consider one of the top five favourites. Well, I don't at least. Um, more Moving on to the outsiders, which we'll try and whip through a little bit quickly before our predictions of how the race will play out and the winners. First one, last year's winner, Sturvin. No Pedersen, no Simmons for Trek. I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting concept because I think they're probably saying, okay, Steven won it last year. We want to give him another opportunity in the race that he won to show that he deserves that leader spot. And to be honest, the way Pedersen is climbing, he could probably get over the uh, budge in one of the earlier groups and therefore compete in a sprint if that comes down to it. So I don't see it that way, not having him at, at Sunderland was a bit meh, in my personal opinion. Simmons as well. He's been very strong at Tireno. This is the kind of climb as well, the Poggio, where I do see him doing well. And Simmons could follow Alaphilippe and so forth on the Poggio. Not going to lie. It depends on the positioning. But 
I believe in that. And I'm slightly disappointed that they only sent seven because last year, how much chance did he have, you think, to win? 2% before the race. And he took the 2%. Just because he took the 2%, great, like, congrats. It doesn't mean it's any less of a victory. Is it replicable? No. Like, it's, it's very still difficult. very, very unlikely he wins. The race has to play out in a very specific s- scenario, as we've already said multiple times. So I'm surprised because if, if I'm Van Aert, <laughs> I'm like, thank God Pedersen's not here because if you drop Caleb, <laughs> you might not drop Pedersen. And Pedersen's faster than him right now in the sprints or it has been. Um, so, yeah, I was very, very surprised by that. That's Trek. I don't see it for Sturvin unless it plays out in a certain way. Intermarche, I don't think Biniam Germay can get in good position before the Poggio Benji. He struggles with positioning. Yeah, I agree in that aspect. Nonetheless, I do hope he can because uh, I might cool. have tweeted on the 1st of January that Germay is going to win Milano San Remo. So <laughs> got to stand by it now. <laughs> but uh, I agree that positioning before the uh, Poggio is a difficult part. They have had a good sprint train this year, but can they transform that into using that sprint train to position these riders before the start of the Poggio? I think that's a, a rather difficult aspect. Bistrum has been relatively strong. Pascalon has done decent stuff this year already, but it won't be easy. And their second candidate is Kristoff, and I think the climb is too hard for Kristoff, even in this form. I just don't see it for him here. He's probably going to get uh, first in the second group over the line. Brady's come back out of retirement, bring Luca Paolini back out of retirement, <laughs> instrumental in Christoph's MSR win back in the day. Cofidis have got Cockard, who's been really good this season. He should be making group two or three, probably group three at the front of the good climbing sprinters with like Aaron Baru and co uh, on the Poggio. If Aaron Baru's not solo already winning. Um, Benjamin yeah. Tomar, do you use him to attack? Or do you use Benjamin Tomar to pull groups back for Cockard in the sprint? I think Benjamin Tomar is uh, very strong this year. And and ironically, I think that the Tomar-Cockard duo is, is a very strong one for MSR. And that could play a role in Tomar trying to position Cockard on the Pajo. And if they're lucky, Cockard can then follow the attacks a tiny bit in a similar fashion as as Ewan did last year, kind of trying to slipping back on the Poggio, trying to follow riders like a Matthews that will try and come back to the actual punches, trying to get away, stuff like that. I think that that's a really good duo for that. But is Tomano the rider that could get over the Poggio in the same fashion as Steven did and try something like Steven? Because I kind of see it. I kind of see it. If I was their DS, I'd be the most hated person and I'd make Tomar just pull groups back so Kokar could get a top six for points, top seven for <laughs> points. See, like that's actually what I would say. Um, and top five at MSR for Kokar is a huge result, points yeah. aside. So that's what I would do with them. I, I'd love to see them in the top five with either of them. Uh, Alperson don't have MVDP. That changes the race significantly. Philipson looks like being their man. They do have other punchy guys, but it's like Spiragli and Co. Philipson, it wouldn't surprise me if he popped up in Group 2 coming back with Ewan. It really wouldn't surprise me, and I would be terrified if he was coming back. But is this his first ever edition? Probably. Yeah. No, um, he's done it before. You've always been a bit higher on Philipson than I am. And he's the GOAT. He's shown a lot when it comes to the pure sprints. He's shown proper stuff on a hilly 
terrain as well with a sprint at the end, but MSR is something different, I think. And when it comes to their squad, they should have been able to tell last year to Vanderpool that positioning was very ideal or necessary for the Pajo. And is Alpacin going to be able to position Philipson perfectly before the Pajo? With the rulers they have that are not assigned yet because their team is not complete yet, on paper they should have the strength for it, but oh, I'm so on edge when it comes to Philipson. I think he might land in the Kristoff group. Probably, yeah, that's most likely. Uh, FDJ, I really think Damar is coming into good shape. He's won this race before. He needs it to play out for a sprint and Ewan to come back and somehow beat Ewan. It really would not surprise me if Damar came top three if it's all in a sprint. Otherwise, they really that's their entire option. Uh, Total Energy, Sagan looks awful, but he looked awful before MSR last year where he still came fourth. I think Turgi's got to have a free roll, Benji. Yeah, certainly. Turgi has been quite strong this year. And we've perhaps not seen it in results necessarily all the time. Yes, we had that two helps, Maritime Duvar, that looked a lot like the Pajo a bit in that uh, first stage where you and one ahead of Turgi, I think. And that's the kind of stuff that he can do. He can be able to, uh, to be in a more front group. But the question there is, oh, it's still... Winning is a different thing, you know. I think he can top 10, but winning is going to be hard, I think, for Turgi. And when it comes to Sagan, this is the kind of race where you can not see him all season and then suddenly he can pop up in the top five of Milano San Remo on Saturday. Was that not what he did last year? Exactly what he did, yeah. He was he had COVID and he was awful and he was fourth. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, similarly, Michael Matthews, don't be surprised if he comes top five in a reduced bunch sprint. He's raced this race many times. Uh, he even, I think, last year or the year before, can't remember. See, last year, 2023rd. So back-to-back top six results. Don't be surprised if he's there again, but he's a little bit off, I think, after crashing. DSM have SKA for a late flyer. Former winner, Degenkolb here, but he looks not good. And Bora Benji. Bennett's not making it. And Shackman just can't win. There's no way he can win. Yeah, I don't know what the reason was that Shackman DNS'd uh, on the stage four of uh, Paranese, so I don't know if there's like sickness or something we need to think about. But I don't see it when it comes to Shockman either. If he gets into a group with other riders, the other riders are likely going to be faster. And the only scenario that he could get away is in a Steven manner, but I don't see him as a Steven candidate necessarily. He's like just under that for, for trying to get away solo. And on the climb, he's not strong enough. And I feel like he's gotten a bit worse over the last year, which is yeah. unfortunate because uh, I liked him bobbleheading at the front. Often he would changed the race by bringing people back. He brought yeah. you in back last year, but he can't win himself. Uh, speaking of hoping for a group sprint, though, Israel, Nizzolo, that's what they'll want. Hope for a top five, probably. Bahrain, nah. right? Tratnik, Colbrelli, Morich, Caruso. It looks good on paper. The Colbrelli's a bit sick. Yeah. Mor- Morich's got some sort of issue. Yeah. Fred Wright, free Fred Wright. Yeah, I think so as well. Fred really? was very strong on the last stage of Paris-Nice. He was uh, 28th, but that doesn't tell you the story of the race because he was pacing for half the stage in the group of Haig. He's still in the last 30 kilometers until the bottom of the Coldes and then started dropping back. So I swear he gets over to Pajot quite, quite towards the front, and I believe in Fred Wright. 
up fiving Milano San Remo. Really? That's I mean, I just went for a ride with Haig and he was like he, he was like apparently stage eight, he was a tank, Fred Wright yeah. pulling for Haig. So he's in good form, he likes the cold, likes these sort of climbs, free him. Movistar, I think it's our final team. Aaron Baru, Garcia Cortina, the pairing is not working very well <laughs> so far. But um did Aaron Baru top ten this last year? Uh I think he probably got close. Yes, he seventh. seventh. Of course he came seventh. <laughs> How, How can forget we forget? That? And the year before as well. <laughs> so he's gonna get seven again. As simple as that. <laughs> we just know it. Seventh, the end. Movistar discussion done. Okay, Aaron Brew top ten. He's going to lose the sprint to someone, but yeah, that's off in do. the second group. <laughs> okay, that's all the outsiders we've gone through. I still think a favourite is winning this. I think UAE pace the Chipressa, trying to put Yumbo on. Oh, not Yumbo. They can't put Yumbo under pressure. Putting Ewan under pressure. Drop you. You want to drop his domestiques. Even if you don't drop Ewan, you want to drop Kluger and Co. so they can't bring him into good position for Poggio. I think Poggio Yumbo will take front position. I think they will wait and be patient, mark with Roglic, and then it's just a shit fight afterwards and we'll see what happens. But I think Van is winning, Benji. Okay. When it comes to my winner of Milano San Remo, Jesus, I have no clue. I think, uh, let's start with my podium. I think Kokar is going to podium this race. I think that's possible. I think that when it comes to the rest of the podium, Caleb Ewan is going to get second again. (laughs) Oh, so you think you're a solo winner? I think yes. And I think the solo winner is going to be Ganna. I see it. I do see it. He's in such good shape. Um, Come on, you, you chose the favorite, so I'm going to choose something completely different. <laughs> I think it's going to be 2017 style. I think it's going to be Van Aert, Pagatcha, Alaphilippe, Pidcock in a group, and Van Aert wins the sprint. Would be um, lovely. Would be great be, to see. <laughs> be very entertaining. Um, that's why I love this wait, race. Wait. Yes, we need we need a strong group like Van Aert, Pagatcha, Roglic, and Alaphilippe. But then, like one rider, we don't expect to be to like Fred Wright to get that fifth spot. Fred, like. The thing is, if he's with Cole Braley, but Cole Braley looks under. What about Benoit? Nah, Benoit can't do it. Um, I reckon Marcus Hulgard or someone. Nah, he's been he's been very disappointing this year so far. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was so high on him, and Valenciani was decent. Got top 15 in two stages, but then we look at what comes after. DNF at Omlop, DNF at Kurne. Mm. Not a single stage in the top 100 at Paris, and then the Inessing stage six. Something's off, most likely. I don't see it, Marcus. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm struggling to find. It's not like Stradaware goggles there. <laughs> it's going to be top guys. <laughs> it has to be top guys. Um, even though EF, I would have said Betiol in there, but I think he's been unwell, and EF, they've got Bissiger doing it. Don't know how. Like, I don't see it for Bissiger. So, I think it's going to be the favourites. Boring answer. I think Van Aert wins. Um, whether that's value or not, that's not what I'm saying. I just That's what I think will happen. Uh, but, yeah, any last thoughts on MSR, Benji? Will we see Pog come down back down to earth? I feel like people are going to say we're underrating him. Uh, probably. We are probably underrating him in some way or shape or form because 
I think a lot of uh, people want to see different winners at, at different races. Is that something against Pogacar? No, not necessarily. He's a wonderful rider. He's fucking glorious and amazing race so far this season. But I kind of feel like being a, a contrarian this time around. I know. Even with the Colnago sponsorship this pod, we've gone against Pogacar. So Ooh. I guess we're hedging <laughs> our bets because if he wins, the recap play, you know, it writes itself. But that was our Milano San Remo preview long as always hope you enjoyed it we love doing the previews they're some of our favorite podcasts we'd love you to join us on saturday for the zwift lrcp group ride during la classicissima 1 p.m british time 2 p.m european time we will put out on the twitter account at lantern cp the times in various time zones and the event link etc Uh, which should be down below later this week as well. Love to see you there. Join the Discord uh, for that. And Benji and I will be talking trash during the race. Maybe we'll be telling Alfley, no, Aaron Brew to attack, even though Benji forgot he came top 10. Anyway, until Saturday afternoon, ciao.